0: Either the world is unjust, so you might as well not try, or you can believe that the moral arc of the world bends towards righteousness. That the right and the good, the holy and light, the just and lovely will ultimately and does ultimately win out. Whether dark is the absence of light or light the absence of dark, I'm not really sure, but here's the good news. You can brainwash yourself into believing any story that you want. The average CEO reads 60 books per year and many attribute their success to this habit of constant learning. This is the difference between those who actualize and those who fail. This automization of their learning, this 1% better every day. On the MinterBox podcast, we're making it easy for you to build and maintain that same habit. The same type of constant lifelong learning as those CEOs, simply by listening to this podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen, and tune in for new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and every Friday. And if you want to dig deeper into what our incredible guests teach, make sure to go to mentorbox.com and become a member today. Hello and welcome to this edition of MentorBox. I'm your host, Jonathan Kendall, and today... Well, today I'm going to get a bit personal, but only so far as it will hopefully inspire you to push past wherever you thought possible. I think, or in fact, I know, that the difference between the reality you imagine for yourself, whether it manifests itself as a vision of being a famous movie director, or working from your laptop in Bali, or having a house in Europe, or moving to the US, maybe, for our international listeners. Maybe it's specific, something like starting a company which helps my community compost. I don't know. Only you know. But what I do know is that the only difference between you reaching that aim and not is belief. Capital B, Belief. If you don't believe that you are capable of or better, if you don't believe that you are worthy of achieving that reality, then we already know that it's going to be impossible for you to truly achieve it because belief begets emotions, begets action, which begets your reality, right? Therefore, without belief, you're sunk. If you don't think that you're worthy of and capable of whatever you want, then you'll never get there because you'll never start. And this, well, I'll just straight up ask you, is this your problem, do you think? Is there some part of you that thinks, no, not me, could never be me? If yes, if that's your idea, then most often the reason why is outside of yourself. And I know that flies in the face of obsessive attachment to extreme ownership that we, no matter our current situation, can, if you so choose, crawl and drag and pull ourselves back up from the depths of any hell. Choose to choose, as I normally say. And of course, I still believe that. But there's also a bit of nuance here. It's appropriate every so often. And in this case, the nuance is the reason, meaning the reason you do not believe that you are worthy or can become who you want is because you probably don't have a real example in your life, a role model, a person to look up to, someone to help you along the way, someone to tell you, listen, I didn't have it on a silver platter either. These types, these rags to riches, therefore, are important, necessary even. If you're a member of MentorBox, you may have listened to my lesson about The Odyssey, where I described the importance of story to society. In it, if you remember, I argue that story is the backbone of civilization. It's how we most effectively communicate to each other. It's how we are convinced of X over Y. Even politically, think to yourself, if you're super conservative when it comes to taxes, let's say, you may tell a story to yourself something like, Well, rich people earned what they have and it's immoral for someone to steal from them just because they haven't worked as hard. Whereas if you're more progressive on taxes, you may have a story something like this. The rich take advantage of the poor by keeping them down and therefore we need to help the poor to bring themselves back up by taking some from the rich and redistributing it ethically. Both these stories, you may have noticed, feel ethical. They both sound on the grand side of justice. And on islands, they are in fact both right. Though, so too goes the same for the story you tell yourself about success. Some of you listening to this today, even if you're of the self-development variety, and of course you are because you're listening to this, but even if you're of the self-development variety, there are a few of you or a part of you inside of you, a whispered devil on your shoulder, if you will, that truly believe that success is not earned, but rather given. That certain people have advantages and that those advantages aggregate and compound to give them unfair advantages. That some are fated, And others are banished. And of course, it's true that we all have different starting lines. Some have to climb higher. Obviously, this is all true. But stopping the story right there and saying, oh, well, I guess I hope I'll win the lottery one day is not only tragic, but it's also misleading. You are misrepresenting reality, truth be told, in order to continue doing what you've always done. Because if the story is this, that no matter what you'll do, your fate is your fate. If you were born poor or from a less this or a fewer that or your family was not whatever, if you believe this, then why try? Why progress? Why persevere when the going gets tough? And so that story is available to you, of course. The world is full of oppressive regimes, war, Pain, death, tragedy, despots, and unearned inequality. Just read the news for three seconds, basically any day. It's horrid. The world in this version and this reading is a nihilistic hell of unfairness. And that word, that idea, injustice, for whatever reason, I could probably do an entire lesson, write books on the complexities of why and how we're so obsessed as a species with injustice. But no matter. For many reasons, that word strikes a chord in the very depths of our souls. And so you must tell yourself one of two stories, basically. Either the world is unjust, so you might as well not try, or you can believe that the moral arc of the world bends towards righteousness, that the right and the good, the holy and light, the just and lovely will ultimately and does ultimately win out. Whether dark is the absence of light or light the absence of dark, I'm not really sure, but here's the good news. You can brainwash yourself into believing any story that you want. Any story that you tell yourself often enough will become your reality. Think about it. Think about all the wonderful conspiracy theories that spin off from all the great novels and movies or the funny conventions where they swear, no, I swear that the Loch Ness Monster is real or elves, or Bigfoot, aliens and their like. We are liable, if we so choose, to believe pretty much anything that we choose to believe, despite the evidence for or against. And therefore, if we turn this power on its head, rather than being prey to what other people tell us, we listen only to the right stories, to over and over and over again convince ourselves of the reality of our own power to pull ourselves up. That control overpowers reaction. That action trumps circumstances. Then we are well on our way to belief. Evidence be damned doesn't really matter because we have a story to tell ourselves. We have reminders. And then, because humans naturally tend to try and prove their already deeply held beliefs, we will then seek out further proof of this benevolent, self-directing belief in our own ability to manifest our realities. We will see and feel and experience and love the efficacy of this belief in all areas of our lives. Now, I say this with the disclaimer that this is not an excuse for dogmatism. But in this case, I give you a get-out-of-jail-free card. If you can figure out how to dogmatically believe that you are capable of achieving anything you want to achieve, that's a good bit of dogmatism. Trust me. Though, anyways... That was a long introduction, obviously, but I hope you understand by now the reasoning. In order to be who you want to be, you must deeply believe that you can, which means that you must believe that we can, that anyone can. And this belief must become kind of like a religion. And then just like any good religion, you must weakly Daily even, remind yourself of stories that coincide with this belief. Rags to riches, nothing to everything, depressed to happy, overweight to Olympian, drug addict to PhD, estranged to in love, abandoned to full of community, phobic to grateful. From way over there to here now. These are your friends. These are your pillars. These stories are what you seek out and remember your fables, tales, mantras, and reminders, the posters you put on your wall, and the pictures you have at your desk. If she did it, well then I can too. If he did it, then so too can I. These stories are your lifeblood. They will guide you home. Finding them, if you're looking for them, is not actually really that difficult. But just in case you don't have one, I'm gonna give you mine today. Hopefully it'll spark your fire. Because I think sometimes people who listen to gurus or teachers or celebrity-like influencers, which obviously I'm not on a serious level a celebrity, but I get recognized on the street on occasion or at the airport. Oh, you're the mentor box guy. I get that a lot. And hell, if you're still listening to me, then you must trust me, I guess. And maybe even you think that my life is pretty cool. I get to teach with some of the greatest minds in the world, authors and It's kind of semi-celebrities. I work with Ty Lopez and Alex Mayer, two of the most powerful entrepreneurs alive. I get to travel and talk about things like love and hope and speak at events where people pay tens of thousands of dollars to hear what Alex has to say and me for a little bit for a day or two. It's nice. I'm grateful. I'm happy. Yes, I enjoy my job and my life. I've made it, if you will. Of course, not to where I want to be, and that there's always another rung of the ladder, always another step, always more to learn, and always more to teach. But holistically, let's get serious and honest. I've basically made it. And so have many people, my idols included. But, and this is the question, how? The answer to that question is what actually matters, because that story That's where you'll forge the belief systems in your mind, which will forge your future. Either I was handed my current situation because my father is college educated, because my grandparents before my parents fought to join the middle class in the wealthiest country in the world, because I speak English, because my high school had a world-class speech and debate team, or because I killed myself in the pursuit of this dream until clawing and wrestling and screaming, I tore through the ceilings that were placed upon me, broke through my could have been excuses and created who I am. See the difference? Well, I'll tell you one version today and see what you think. I was born in a small town in Ohio, most known for a few wrestlers that won the state championship and a better than average speech and debate team. Not a bad school, but not an elite school by any stretch of the imagination. Rural, blue collar, through and through. I wrestled from the time I was eight years old, but quit after my father broke my heart by pushing me into, well, basically a depression. Must win at all costs and the like. Probably because he and my mother were going through a divorce at the time. My father too was out of a job. I remember going back and forth from my mom's apartment to my dads. And I say dads in quotations because he didn't have credit to get an apartment, so he stayed at the cheapest low-down motel he could find. And so that's where I had to stay every other week, in a shit motel with my dad. No money or kitchen, we'd eat protein bars and Hungry Man TV dinners. I felt like I was being used as a pawn for my parents to fight over. No, I get him this weekend. No, you got him for an extra day last week. Stuff like that. Though I never thought it was about me, more just them getting back at each other. So I ate a lot of protein bars and rice and beans until I was 16 when I could get out of wrestling, join the speech team, and get a job at the local diner. So I'd stay at school until 8 or 9 p.m. every night to stay away from home. I didn't want to be there practicing, and coaching my friends with speech. Then on the weekends, I'd work double shifts at the diner to pay for my lunch and my car since my parents couldn't help with that and that I didn't want to be home again. I worked hard enough to get good grades and get into college, but two, there, I had no help, really. My mother took out a few loans to help, God bless her, but mostly I was on my own. Tuition, rent, food, not easy at forty dollars or $50,000 a year for a 19-year-old full-time student. Five years of that. One semester, even, I couldn't pay, so I had to go to community college instead. I took the bus an hour each way because I didn't have a car because my one from high school broke down. I worked the night shifts at a pizza restaurant until 4 a.m. three nights a week. Not a lot of sleep, I'll tell you what. Then after college, worked at a startup in Guatemala, which failed. Moved to Los Angeles to make my dreams happen, but then my roommate had a psychotic break. He's still in a mental hospital to this day. By then, my mom had an extra room, so I lived with her for a bit, just north of Portland, Oregon. Thank God she exists, but still no car, so I biked to work and back, working at a Thai restaurant, training for an Ironman on on this way and that because my heart was broken and I just wanted to distract myself. I wrote a book and read it and shopped it all over Portland until a publisher finally took me on. Didn't make any money off of it, not really. In fact, I went on a tour that cost more money than it made. Ended up working for free in Mexico on a monkey sanctuary just to pass the time. They'd give me food and shelter in exchange for a hard day's labor. Did that for about six months until running out of money completely. Negative, actually the great writer, down in the dirt. My grandma died, actually, at that exact moment. So I came back to the US borrowing money from my sister, feeling awful about it. And then I hitchhiked to Big Sur, California, because I heard you could work at a restaurant there. Maybe they had housing, though they didn't. So I slept in the woods, walking to work every day until buying a car, which broke down within a month, by the way, back to the woods until saving for another car which I slept in for the rest of that year, though all the while, I was writing, reading the great books. Still determined to be a writer and a teacher, I would wake up in the mornings and run along the coast, shower in the national park, and do two shifts at the restaurant, saving and saving and saving, writing and writing and writing with a flashlight in my journal at midnight until falling asleep on the cliffs. I did this for three years, saving, living in my car, getting better and better, learning more and more, until finally a forest fire forced my hand. All the tourists were gone, no more money left. So I had to finally become the professional writer I was training to be all this time. Jump off the cliff, see if I die, see if I survive. Though because I had filled up dozens of journals and read hundreds of books on success and habits and grammar and vocabulary that I had relentlessly pursued my dreams even while homeless, basically, when it was time to pull the trigger, I was actually good enough. I got a few clients to pay me to write for them. All the while, I kept practicing like an athlete. Two vocabulary words a day, 20 sentences each, two short stories, at least two chapters of a book, dissected and analyzed in my journal. I was, in a word, obsessed. I knew then, and always really, that I would eventually break through. That my 10,000 hours of training would eventually get me to where I wanted to be. And, well, it did. Here I am. A few years later, after working as a ghostwriter in Mexico, Alex and Ty came calling to help them build MentorBox. The first box was Think and Grow Rich and How to Win Friends and Influence People, I remember. Both of which I had extensive notes on and had already read a few times. And so I finished the cheat sheet and the workbook, you may remember those. They asked me to write them and I did it in less than 12 hours and then won the job. A few months later, Alex asked me to move to San Francisco and begin MentorBox in earnest. The test then was over. Now it's time to turn professional. So, what did you get from that story, I ask? Did I have an advantage living in the United States? That my school had a proper speech and debate team? To instill in me a love for writing and teaching? That my mom let me stay with her that one particular year when I was down? Yes, all of that and more. I had colossal advantages. Though, too, did you hear the part about my childhood? Paying for my own lunch? Working the night shift in college? A failed startup? A best friend now in the hospital? Living in the woods? Living in my car? Waking up early and writing way, way, way late at night? Reading and reading and reading and reading and reading. When everyone else, well... Maybe wasn't. See, the story you heard, the story you tell yourself about me, about all successful people, and especially the story you tell yourself about yourself, matters. Was it luck or was it hard work? Probably both. Surely, probably and always both. But that hard work part is powerful beyond measure. Let me tell you what. And the harder you work and the smarter you work, the luckier you'll get. Luck is preparation meeting opportunity, my friends. And so when that opportunity comes, will you be prepared? Are you preparing? Are you listening to the right stories, interpreting them in the right way? Are you brainwashing yourself into believing that you can despite the obstacles? Or will you give yourself an excuse? Either way, the choice is yours. And let me tell you, from experience, from very personal experience, from those wet, sad moments of despair in the literal redwoods of California, asking myself in a tent, where is this all going? Let me tell you, the choice is yours. It's not easy. Hell, it is not easy. But good news is that it's simple. And so I'll leave you with that. I hope that helped. I hope you feel inspired by me. And as soon, I hope I will be inspired by you. Until next time, cheers. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to the MentorBox Podcast. If you want to learn more about what our authors as well as all of our authors teach, make sure to sign up at MentorBox.com. If you like the MentorBox Podcast, please leave us a positive rating and review in Apple Podcasts as that helps us get discovered by more people who will enjoy and be helped by what we do over here at MentorBox. Also, if you think of anyone who would enjoy or be helped by what we do here at MentorBox, be sure to let them know. We do what we do at MentorBox to try to make the world a better place through the incredible education our authors bring. And we can only do that through your help. So please help us spread the word. Again, thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the next MentorBox podcast.